So how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I just I woke up with the horrifying news, but besides that, I'm still functioning. <laughs> oh yes. Horrifying news for everybody or, spe- or for, for everybody, for everybody, for the okay. world. Okay. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because especially of the, us in Europe, I guess. Yeah, because of the uh, Ukraine uh, situation, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Cannot believe. You know, once in a while, there is something happens that you just cannot believe your eyes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And how are you guys? <laughs> Very good. I mean, mm-hmm. as well, like uh, trying to understand that there are additional um, chaotic events that may disrupt your life and it's not COVID, which is weird. And it's like, exactly. okay, it's, it's very strange because it's okay. There is a sense of emergency that has nothing to do with a global pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like d- during, you know, the past two years before, maybe the, because everyone is reading so much news, I don't know how you guys feel, but for me, I feel like sometimes the sense of this disruption becomes so amplified because there are so many informations and I guess most of them are negative, you know, be it like regarding to the pandemic or the politics around the world. And it just like seems Like it's not just disrupting your life; it could potentially disrupting your belief, you know, <laughs> which is a scary thing. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah, as you said, this disamplification of the uh, <laughs> breakdown of consensus reality. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Com- completely. Uh, how did you cope? The, I mean, we we tend to ask these sort of questions because mm-hmm. our departing point. It was to to figure out to talk and think aloud about the pandemic. I don't know if this is relevant anymore, but nonetheless, mm. I am extremely curious. How did you cope with this very strange couple of years in terms of isolation and solitude and so? Mm. Well, I guess it's. I have to say, it definitely, you know, like at the beginning, it was very difficult. Um, I was like extremely worried, especially that um, when I was a kid, I experienced SARS in China. So, you know, this certain like trauma that still like circulates and like, I we don't know what was going to happen. There was no, you know, talks about vaccination. And, you know, at the very beginning, I was definitely feeling like I need to stay in and, you know, try to be safe and also like, you know, caring for others. Like I was reading news a lot. But of course, at some point, I think I was also very surprised how like, humans are adaptable to the situations they're in, you know. One hand, of course, like every time you read something or you keep like having dialogues with friends, you feel really, I was definitely most of them feeling very sad about where everything in the world is going, you know, also the politics in the USA and what's going on in China, all these things that I feel like is relevant to my life and to everyone's life. It doesn't seem like it's going to a good direction. So I felt You know, it's not, it's, you know, things are getting definitely darker and darker, which is not like unpredictable. We all knew this from many years ago. It's just like hit really hard. So it was definitely a reality that takes time to cope with. But on the other hand, I was also very grateful that, um, you know, my, let's say my life pay, like my work pace and my life pace wasn't really influenced. And it was pretty much similar to like two years, three years prior to pandemic, the workflow I have, or, you know, the kind of lifestyle I was trying to maintain 
kind of just continued. Of course, there was certain moments I felt if I knew there would have been the world was going to this direction, I would have maybe been a bit more active in certain things instead of going withdraw a bit further or become more distant. Also with my personal life with friends and stuff. But in general, I definitely felt I was probably on the luckier side and I was also able to travel and most of my work in 2021, let's say bigger projects, were planned uh, coincidentally in Asia, in mainland China and in Hong Kong, which which was that year that pandemic, like COVID situation wasn't really influencing the daily life as much as in Europe. So my work could go on and the, the project could happen as planned, um, you know, so in that sense, I feel grateful. And I experienced hotel quarantine quite a few times, which was kind of an interesting experiment. At the beginning, the first one, I was really anxious about it, but I guess like, you know, as I was mentioning how like uh, interesting to you to really experience, to witness how human minds are able to adapt to like difficult situations. So when you're like trapped in a hotel room was giving the same food every day and like, you know, that was kind of a strange reality at the beginning when you look into the hotel door, you know, you see like someone looking like astronaut bringing you like a plastic bag and you don't even want to open it because you know exactly they are giving you the same meal every day, you know, but then you realize a lot of things that matters a lot in your normal life is actually not that important, you know, so it's it's an interesting time to reflect. I mean, it's just like, I guess it's a, a zooming moment from the general how I felt about pandemic. I definitely value it that it gave me a lot of Let's say um, before I definitely felt bad when I want to withdraw myself from more of a social environment or I did feel certain responsibility and obligations of interaction, um, no matter in my private life or professional life. Um, and I feel like I have to demand this kind of space in my head and physically as well. But during pandemic, I felt it was becoming maybe more of a situation we have to cope with. So I, in the way, I almost felt slightly relieved that I didn't have to feel bad of not saying yes, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah,
家只想要阻止一切，让家庭回到过去，天天温馨的欢乐香味。虽然这是我编造出来的事实，有点讽刺，有点酸性，但他却在这快乐下回发生产生共鸣，产生共鸣来阻止一切暴力，眼泪随着音符谱写一情绪。从小到大，你叫我学习，你把你当榜样，好多的假象，妈妈常说乖，天天废话，你叫我怎么跟你像？你走开。Has often a sense of threat, <coughs> and I think often in, in in interviews is addressed more as a kind of per, you know arising from a personal experience. But now that you are what you are talking, it makes me think, and especially with the, what's been happening in the last years, and you know now that you mentioned the political situation, mm. that. It seems inevitably there is a much more broader. That is not only personal, but also it has to do also with our times. So, do you feel that the general threat that is we are feeling from the pandemic to mm -hmm. the specific thing of war happening today is something um, that has been? Influencing you, you know, of what has been happening in the last five years.、Uh... Mm -hmm. Well, absolutely, absolutely. I think, of course, pandemic is more of a like, you know, an extreme version of an alert that we are like forcing to this mode of thinking, of reflecting, of understanding what's going on. There wasn't as much like, let's say, positive-looking distractions for,、uh, from you know what is the darkness that we we have to deal with. But I felt. You know, for me, it's not just the past two years. It's definitely, as you said, like in the past few years, like five, six, or even longer. This has been the theme or the topic that has been I was thinking about, or you know, like writing about or researching on. I feel like it is not just this. It's much more than that. And you were talking about when I make, especially when I make music, I like to come in from a personal angle because I felt, you know, my My way of speech, or let's say, I think the way I like to utilize the instruments I have, isn't really just、uh, addressing an opinion or, you know, like conducting a sort of activism around my work or politicizing it in that sense. Of course, I think like all the work I make is political, but I like to filter it through a personal. Let's say a, vul a vulnerable sense of it. You know, I like to be to be、uh, my speech to be more vulnerable, honest, and 
um, maybe a counterpoint with the people who are experiencing and listening it, it coming from like how, what I think or what I think should be addressed as the problems of the time. I want to show it or the first encounter is how it's been influencing me, you know, and I'm just exposing this vulnerable moments, thoughts, and to form a sense of understanding. And then from there, and I felt, you know, like, I think very often, especially, I think I sometimes get a little bit, I don't know if this happens to other people, I get slightly upset when I watch a film, especially film work, that it feels like the director is underestimating the audience progress near head. You know, it's like, you don't have to say things that obvious people can think. So when I, I feel like with my work, when I'm the, the crea creator of the piece, I feel the same with people who are accepting it. I don't want to underestimate people's ability of, you know, like um, understanding or thinking and many times more powerful ma messages uh, surfaces when it sits longer. So like it, it demands a certain period of like, you know, certain information is to haunt because I feel like now there is so many it's an overflow of information we are dealing with every day I don't I, I personally prefer it to be something that sit, can sit with people for a while so this is also why I feel like certain messages in my work are buried a bit more deeper and then maybe the people who have the interest and the headspace to try to dig and they could sense certain things and I do appreciate a lot when when people experience my work with a strong sensibility so I feel like that is the kind of form of communication I, I try to generate through this approach towards like you know saying something let's say yeah yeah this is uh, yeah very interesting because obviously the thing that you were describing regarding movies and mm -hmm. with any other like mass culture uh, artifact there is this sense in which you have to deliver something that it's it's gonna be deciphered and it's gonna work in every level, like from PR, from public reactions, and everything mm -hmm. is gonna be <coughs> in included in this timeline. And and there is no sense of uh, the recording, the movie, whatever, as an artifact that reflects one particular moment of production, but could be uh, um, received in 10 years time, or uh, it needs unpacking for a long period of time, re mm -hmm. depending on your um, yeah, sensibility or the desire that you want to feel exposed to these things. But uh, I think it's very relevant uh, to think about this because this sense of immediacy in the mm -hmm. cultural product mm -hmm. is something that uh, now it's omnipresent in any sort of form of art practice. It needs to be immediate because attention span is limited and the ways that we use to disseminate this work, yeah. uh, they play with that. No? Mm -hmm. and, and it's it's very weird because <laughs> listening to your last two albums before we started i was talking with machine um, about this sense of um there is something cryptic there is something that you need to feel that uh 
it needs to resonate with you uh, still today. And I have to say, I told you this, that it's one of my favorite albums from last year. There are many, layer, uh, many, many layers that I, I am not able to figure out. And this reinforces uh, the desire to, to be exposed to the album again. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I don't know. I wonder because uh, there is something that it's, uh, it's disappearing so somehow in many products because obviously they have to be active in the marketplace they have to be cashed out so to speak mm. you know um yeah i don't know uh do, do you feel it is uh, it could be understood as something cryptic for the audience you feel that no you said that a moment yeah ago. it's also it, it is also on purposely too because you know, certain messages. It was interesting when I just um, was uh, making the exhibition in Hong Kong um, in the past few months, I encountered a lot of people who also heard the same album or my older album, Lack, and they were, all, some of them was asking me um, if those, there were certain messages that were, were meant for people, you know, that were coming from a certain background like me and because they could feel certain things. And of course there is different layers and I, I feel it's not that, I am purposely, you know, want to bury it too deep that only a few understands. I also don't want, you know, this kind of exclusivity, exclusivity in communication or conversation. But of course, I think certain things that um, I personally think writing music is probably my most comfortable way of saying something, you know, and I don't feel the urge or what you're saying, like, because of other reasons like be it economy reason or any sort of reason that I, I need to shape something into a certain catalog. Because um, I do feel like there is a limitation of words. There's a limitation of sentence. I mean, not even mention that my mother town and English is so far away from each other. So the way the thoughts are generated or, you know, the, the metaphors we use is very in, in very different uh, tradition. So I feel like why would I try to um, talk about something that I feel is already being said just because the the way I prefer it's being said wasn't understood immediately. Are we really in such a hurry? Or it's also important for me, especially at this stage of my practice, to really test out how certain things can be understood, the the potential of certain things. I'm I'm I feel like I'm maybe on that side more of a patient person i'd like to try out ideas and wait and see how it circulates and feedback and it gives me so much more rewards than just i don't know any economic rewards that could possibly generate instantly you know i'm not interested in that but i'm not saying also people doing that are bad and same thing when i experience other people's work be it literature be it film we were talking about of course in music as well um I appreciate this kind of gesture that it, it challenges my, my, my thoughts, it challenges my feelings, or it kind of invites me or encourages me to, to do something that I usually wouldn't feel comfortable. It's like push me, step up, push me out of my comfort zone. I'm not just sitting here and receiving. I'm like kind of being invited to a dialogue. So this kind of feeling I personally enjoy, I want to like conduct similar experience 
what I'm talking about it too, you know. So I feel like, as you said, this, there is a sense of cryptical, um, but I think that's also the romantic side of it, maybe. Um, yeah. I hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
One thing that really surprises me, or I'm impressed with, is the kind of wisdom that uh, you embodied, or you heart, or your work, or there is a kind of broad vision, even though, as far as I understood, you haven't studied either music, or art, or cinema, or choreography, there is a kind of vision, or, or, or vision within wisdom, that I'm very impressed with, and... Um, I was wondering where it's coming from. Like, how do you? I mean, you talk about <laughs> stability, and they need to have like some kind of produce some kind of stability in your lifestyle, or to be careful. You know, like when you talk about your artworks as being your children, and you have to take care of them, and mm. you know, be there for them, and you know, and, and in order to do that, you need certain stability. But I also think that you have. Uh, yeah, some kind of wisdom that I'm very impressed with and I wonder how you managed to achieve this. Oh, thank you. I, did, I didn't think of... That's interesting because it, it is true, I've never studied anything I do, but I guess I'm just a, like a naturally really curious person. And I don't know, I, I feel like, you know, wisdom, of course, is something that is, you know, like I think intellectual that say exchange is is very crucial i think in any sort of dialogue especially when you make art and make music i think it's very important to like question certain things so so in in inevitably you need to really stay curious and to observe the constantly change of information all that but i felt maybe um if i if there is something i think could be helpful for my creative process is I think it's important to sit with thoughts and, you know, keep questioning, maybe like just a habit of thinking. This is how I, I feel is very important. You know, of course, I think academic background and training and let's say sort of even social environments can be, especially the longer I'm doing what I do, I start to realize, um, you know, every artist comes from a different background and then see how everyone behaves and I, uh, you know, also uh, value their work differently based also on where their background is. Um, but I feel like I, I, at the beginning, I when I was like at the beginning of my what I do, and I felt sometimes definitely insecure because you know I don't I don't really have friends I go to school with that are doing what I do, or I didn't listen to that record when I was sixteen. You know, I didn't have like parents who would like you know I didn't have all of these things that I here people were experiencing which i felt well it, it must have been nice to be able to experience that because of others that or because of the environment you are in offer you that but later i start to realize i think maybe this is also bit maybe my my disadvantage it's also my strength because it doesn't give me i feel very much unbiased and in this sense um inclusive of information and possibilities. And I think because of this habit of sitting and going through informations and knowledge I gathered again and again, it it gives me different source of inspiration. And, you know, like, especially I think I definitely uh, talk, refer this a lot also to my upbringing. It's quite an extreme form. 
the environment, the kind of, I feel like it's almost kind of like a psychological practice that we had to constantly be putting through. It, it felt that it definitely gave me certain uh, uh, things, uniqueness to, to my way of dealing with things than others. So maybe that brings out a different layer, different thickness to, to, you know, what I'm trying to say, or, you know, so it appears in a certain way. I, but I don't, I personally don't think that I'm trying to be wise or trying to be intellectual. I think that's a very, you know, this sort of things is very subjective. And I do find it sometimes problematic, this kind of intellectual bubble that, um, you know, our social surroundings tend to build. I think it's important to let new voice in. And um, I sometimes find it's super interesting to talk to, you know, um, when I, I quite often go to, a, you know, like far away countryside places or very underdeveloped place in, in China. And I found it's really, interesting sometimes having conversations with people you they might seem to not know anything you do or even have encountered anything you know you could consider that might give you like a mutual background but they their words sometimes can be wiser and more enlightening Absolutely. than many other you know this kind of dialogues or salons or reading groups we're in or dinners we're at you know, because that is a very, it comes from a place of purity. And I think this is very precious. So I don't, I don't want to feel biased or, or have, um, you know, judgments of things. And of course, it's going to be, I know it's very hard to maintain that because we are humans, you know, we start to learn and understand. Um, we all would, we are social animals. We live in a group, um, even though we, I don't consider myself as a loner, even though maybe I, I am better at dealing with solitude than others. Um, but it's not like I, I hate human. Or I'm actually extremely interested in human, especially their minds and behaviors, you know? So that means that I, I have to be part of a group. But I felt, um, you know, if we, sometimes I feel like if we can all just be maybe less pretentious in general, things will be so much better in the world. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. But I, but I think Martin, when when he mentioned, I'm sorry to rephrase your own words uh, about, about vision and and wisdom, is precisely the stuff that you mentioned. No, this this purity that you can find comes from a place in which there are no biases regarding your your knowledge of contemporary music whatsoever. Is something quite organic and that it's pretty I have the same experience my parents mm. they live in the forest there is a particular guy that I love to talk with who is 80 and for me his 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 thoughts are extremely like mm -hmm. modern and during the pandemic talking with him he could present you like the more the most sophisticated thoughts about anti-bugs or about I don't know the far right Absolutely. I mean, uh, and it's a guy that yeah mm. Also, the yeah, yeah, also yeah, no, it's, please. it's your it's I guess it's also how we receive the messages, right? Because I realize that because this kind of they don't really categorize the the, the the choose of vocabulary. Sometimes they would say things. I mean no, I'm not talking about they like a specific kind of people, that people tend to have much more of a pure approach towards phrasing ideas. I feel like they don't necessarily complicate 
things because of the vocabulary that they know. And I guess that's also something I feel quite interesting. It's a, a, a kind of style of talking, and it's quite talked a lot about in Chinese philosophy. This kind of simplified,、um, like you indicate, you don't tell, you don't force, you don't inform, but you generate indicates. That's like you talked a lot about, like how like older like monk and like you know master of Buddhism and how they would. Try to express their thoughts and opinions. They never say it in a complete way. It's always using metaphors or talking about I don't know, like a drop of water, the depth of a well, like something like that to to indicate certain things to generate a process of thinking for the people who receive it. So I feel like I don't know the intention when you kind of have this dialogue of people, or sometimes I don't even know.、Um, you know, when I look at other people's art or. You know, when I have a conversation with someone that I feel、like、extremely inspired, or just a moment of landscape that felt striking, all of this, I don't think it's necessarily their intention. But it's okay; it's not their intention, because what matters is what we maybe. I mean, for me, we mean what we, our perspective, and what we get out of what they can offer. But I feel like this intention of what you want to offer is so. Becomes so important in my like social surroundings and group because they they need to know that's what you mean to almost like validate this idea, which goes back to what we were talking about.、Um, you know,、um, the the kind of crypt, maybe cryptical sense of my work, blah blah blah. I feel like that's maybe almost egoistic approach towards.、Uh, Any sort of communication exchange because it's not about I am saying this so I'm smart. I'm saying this so I'm wise. It's more about what I'm offering, what it can do. It's a different approach and different thoughts behind. I feel, and I I definitely get very、um, I feel very touched every time I you know as you're saying you're talking to maybe a similar experience when you're talking to this person who was 80 year old living in the forest and you know like I I kind of value that sort of. Innocence,、uh, a lot, and I think that's very precious. Yeah, no, I, and I think I didn't choose. Cryptic was a very bad word, but there is this inherent complexity and richness in something—a raw feeling or the the production of a dialogue, for example, with someone that maybe you don't share the the daily life, and so、mm-hmm. this is this is this cannot be unpacked in discrete terms. Using the codes of modern lives, probably、mm-hmm. the psychological state or the meaning of this、uh, this conversation, it would be quite difficult because it has many layers of complexity. Because、yeah. uh, his or her psychological state in that particular moment is complex. So if we extend、mm-hmm. this to a piece of art, the the, the depth is is incredible. Yeah. So, Rather than yeah, cryptic is is more、um, yeah. I mean this、uh, this inherent complexity that in a in a、uh, in an art form should、mm-hmm. be encountered when when there is some sort of yeah um um bias purity or I、mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, sometimes also like like to use this word unspoken. Because I think like that kind of like also indicates there is a limitation of words 
you know, what you can put on, put into actually a conversation. I mean, you can think around it, but it's like nothing can be really fixed. And this is also like, especially when I moved to Europe and I barely knew anyone. Actually, Martin was one of the first people I knew in Berlin. And we met in Shanghai. Um, you know, so I just have a few friends that I can talk to and it definitely felt, you know, um, I, I, don't, I feel like I, instead of going into groups, I feel like there is an, it's an it's opportunity for me to, to see if there is a community I can discover. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know how to pull this. I guess through my work, this is how I feel the most together even though I, they are just strangers every time I play a show or, you know, um, when I make exhibition-based work and I see how people come to interact with the work or sitting there for a long time and just observing their expression, their feedback, or, um, you know, reading reviews of my album or having conversations with friends who, who felt there is certain curiosity that the work generated. And this kind of, it's a sign for me that, um, what I'm trying to say is being heard. I don't know how much, but that is, I'm really grateful for that. And I think this gives me a very strong sense of community. Doesn't, you know, it doesn't really come from, I feel like my feeling, my sense of belonging doesn't necessarily come from a physical interaction, like be at a dinner, or of course it's nice to see people, but I feel like this kind of, maybe because my approach towards how I make, um, how I say something I want to say through my work, this kind of connection for me is much more in-depth and stronger and gives me much more warmth. So I feel like sometimes it, it, this, you know, but if I don't make my work that way, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to gather this feeling. So I feel like, you know, it's like, it's intertwined, like because I'm trying to say certain things in the way I knew if this is being heard, the amount of effort people are making or, we have a, a ground that's we cannot define that ground but there is something that we know it click and i always used to also say like it's romantic because it's like you like someone but you don't know why but you know there is something that clicks and we can't tell and which is also why like i can never explain to people like why uh, i like this piece of music i can say why i think it's good but the reason why i like it or reason why I have to make something. I don't think it's something you can just like say, it's, it's just in your genes or in your, it's by nature. Cause we're all different, right? It's a filter. And that's why I, I feel like I can definitely trust much more my ears because like, I, I think it's for me, maybe the most trustworthy filter I have when I hear something and I hear it again, I hear it again. And that it, it still connects with me. And that says a lot, you know? So I feel like when this happens, um, when, when, when people have conversation with me and tell me this connection happens, that's, that's a very, I don't know, for me, it's like one of the most beautiful things that I, I could like imagine. And I think it has been happening. Like, you know, no matter how many people, but it, it's working. It's not like I'm just sitting here dreaming and like <laughs> coding everything and nobody understands what I'm trying to say. <laughs> That'd be a different story. <laughs> Thank you.
really liked um, this distinction that you do uh, between belonging and possession and possessing um, and yeah like to make a differentiation that you can generate a sense of belonging and precisely because you have that sense of belonging you can be alone you that you you were able to be alone precisely because you have generated inside yourself this sense of belonging and it's a very very different thing to possession and possessing which is very prevalent in the society that we live and that we you know it, it can be very toxic and, absolutely, uh, absolutely. If, yeah if, if you can just maybe talk how do you you know how have you managed to generate this inner sense of belonging there, there is something additional to this, which is that in relation to your previous uh, comment, Pang, it's mm -hmm. obvious that the audience, they can feel this uh, uh, transmission of uh, uh, an atmosphere that obviously invites for intimacy in a very weird way. Mm -hmm. Because obviously you are presenting this in the context of a performance installation or an album. But mm -hmm. there is this atmosphere of intimacy, which feels sometimes uh, very, as, as you mentioned, romantic in a certain sense, mm -hmm. this thing that you cannot express or you cannot explain, but uh, it has this counterbalance feeling that I think uh, you are right, Machin, that you, ca you can feel intimacy and i felt this intimacy but at the same time solitude and not always mm -hmm. as, a, mm -hmm. as a nice thing but yeah i just wanted to say that yeah yeah I, I guess maybe it's actually i was just thinking also like a lot about this in pandemic i was like um i'm glad uh i can do it this way but it's kind of like sad at the same time because i think you know, I, I very often think I never consider myself as maybe like more introverted in my personality, but then I realize maybe actually I am just not in the form of like, a, you know, what people would think. And maybe because of that, it's my nature and my, my urge to feel really close people, to close to people, very intimate, very, you know, like, to get this kind of strong sense of merge with minds, but not because I don't know how to do it. Growing up, I never really felt, I mean, I'm not a rare case. I don't also want to like make, make it sound like, you know, it's the society I was part of. I don't think it's necessarily that. It can happen in everywhere around the world, you know, um, but I just, I, it happened to be also in my case that I didn't, I never really experienced this kind of, intimacy in family or in friends. Um, even though I was very, let's say, outgoing, considered less personality, maybe everybody has, was kind of talking about me in that way. But I felt there was, um, I felt always since I was very, very young, there was something much more explosive inside of me that needs to connect with another explosive something but it because this kind of normality of the society of the behavior of the manner that we can't break through that shell 
So this kind of interaction have a quite low thread, and for this kind of deeper urge of like, you know, something needs to come out and meet another, you know, form of energy that's coming from that depth. I feel that urge has always been in me, and I feel like intimacy is maybe a way to to kind of go deeper with someone.、Um, So I feel like, I mean, because we're talking up not about, you know, physical interaction. We're talking about the penetrating mind. So I feel like maybe that's how I felt. At the same time, it's distant. I am here、um, in kind of a faraway place. But maybe it's more. I don't know.、Um, I don't know why I always had this feeling when I was a kid. You know, like you are the only person who living this mountain. And there is another only person living in the mountain. Like you can see it, but really far away. And one day you both, like, made a sound or voice, and you hear each other, and you felt this is your soulmate. That thing, that kind of feeling, is very it's devastating, at the same time beautiful. And I think some people are maybe more like emotional masochists. You know, it's you you enjoying this like heartbreaking. I don't know. You, 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 I think it's just so beautiful when this kind of explosion happens. But it's completely, you know, when like when the bomb after the bomb, there's this like deafening silent like rain. But it's just in your ear. It's silent. Like feels like the world is the most silent possible, right? Like we see that in film all the time. How they kind of use sound to trigger this feeling of like pure silence, like especially after an explosion. So I feel like that moment is like it's really an ultimate merge, but it's in the form of pure silence, and that's, I think, very beautiful. But of course, at the same time, it's <laughs> devastating, you know. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, yeah, it is. But but、uh, <laughs> but I I can't relate to that. Yeah, I don't know. I ha- I had. I read one interview、mm-hmm. that they did with you, and it was quite nice. And you mentioned this that for tissues you、mm-hmm. use as an inspiration spinal fluid.、Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about that. If you don't want to talk about that, that's fine. But you mentioned this、um, experience that I guess they they did this procedure of lumbar puncture、mm-hmm. in you.、Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had the, I I did I had the same not so long、oh, well, uh, okay. uh, like 2016,、mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can see how how this this thing of yeah losing certain pressure and then recovering this pressure inside your、mm-hmm. uh, spinal cord and even in, towards your brain it's very weird. So、mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about the, about how that informed. Then the the installation, well, the the performance, and then the the music that you produce、mm-hmm. for that. Well, I guess we're talking about the spinal fluids. It's it's interesting. I don't even remember I mentioned it in an interview before. It's in, it's funny that、um, this surface, this information.、Um, but it was, I think, it was also because it happened to me quite a few times when I was very young. I was ill for a while.、Um, it was, I think, for a kid. That's really. I'm glad many things I experienced. I experienced early enough, so it didn't. It gave me enough information to sit on for a long time, but not because I was too young, maybe to be scared. So it didn't traumatize me. So I think it was happened at a good timing. 
you know, but I, I did. I definitely felt like it was the first time I felt if there is something that's something lived inside of you, and when you extract this thing out of you, that's my how it feels. It could be soul, could be I don't know, a ghost, could be whatever. I don't know what it was. Could be a spirit, um, which you know is quite often this kind of ideas. I talked a, a lot about in in general, like.、Um, Uh, China, Japan, and India philosophy. Like even people are not religious or superstitious. Like you know, it's just a general tendency to believe the existence of them. I don't. I'm still. You know, I. I'm, I guess I don't really have a strong opinions about it. Like I understand the whole ideology around these ideas, and I think it's very interesting. But it was not like something that pushed me into thinking depth in that direction. But it was strange to feel that. Um, something leaving you, your body, and you felt this something was important. It's not like when it's taking blood out of you, because you really felt this kind of soreness. Like it's a it's a strong sense of like extraction. So that was quite yeah. You know, it, it's wow. Like I didn't believe this was. It's like maybe if they take a piece of your bone out of you while you're alive, maybe that's how it feels. It's a very strange sensation. So I think like、um, you know. That kind of、um, it also forces you to be attached to to be,、um, you know, feel yourself, and that's interesting to be in in interacting with yourself, which we don't. I, I guess like, of course, you touch your skin and stuff, but feeling how your existence might feel, it's not something that we're we're able to do very often. So I think like this and. You know, also my my family. My mom is a surgeon. My family side is all like in medical, in, in and our doctors. So I felt like I was also growing up exposed a lot to you know.、Um, I feel very safe at hospital, for example. The smell of um, um, medical alcohol is for me is very comforting. So these are the things that I guess is a very when it comes to that side of you know. I think this sort of information inspired me、uh, more on the.、Uh, Choreographical、um, approach towards tissues, but of course, different. The, you know, the visual elements, the the music elements, or the narrative, the story writing—they are all coming from different things. They come together. But I definitely wanted to because it was a project that was working on. You know, from the idea started was almost five years prior to when it happened. So there, it was a long. Process from research to testing out certain ideas to you know making even different projects that's to to ground the the happening of this project. So I felt like it was a long process, and I really wanted this piece to feel like it's it's a, a way of like I'm merging pieces of myself into the work, but I'm not leading or presenting the work. I'm in it. I'm performing as well, but it's more like there is pieces of me, my story, my personal history in it, and it's come out in a fictional way, you know. So that、um, I feel it was also like the first time I make a work in that scale in London, and I always found London an interesting place to be.、Um, I, I felt like a total, total、uh, stranger. There, so you didn't, you know. I on the same time, like because you felt like a stranger, you felt like okay, I can, I have nothing to lose. So I didn't feel this pressure of having to perform in a certain way because of my pals will come to see it or something like that, you know.、Um, 
and sometimes when you're putting in a, the space was also quite big and I don't know, I guess also the, the institution was giving quite a lot of support and the curator I was working with, I've known for a while. He's been following my work for two, three years prior to when we make this exhibition. So I felt there was a strong sense of trust because very often when you become very not vulnerable in your work, you need to feel safe yep. as the creator as well, you know. Um, so I did feel that. And I think all in all, I was quite, um, the, the process was definitely very uh, destructive as I think how a lot of artists make work, you know, you always feel slightly depressed after the exhibition is, is closed. Um, but that's also normal. Um, but in all, you know, I think it was uh, a work that, you know, definitely marked a period that I was thinking of, you know, this kind of experimental storytelling and, you know, kind of using voice and the, the hallucination through sound. And I mean, of course, like most importantly, like the how, I form my practice around the idea of performance and the idea of music. So it, and and it would, I think it came out in a, even though it was only one week, the, the exhibition phase is quite short, but I feel like we achieved as much as we could during that period. Yeah.
Also in a broader sense, because you had uh, quite a lot of success very fast, and uh, how, I'm wondering how you managed that. Was it uh, nice, or was it maybe too much, or how do you manage to keep the kind of temporality that you give to your projects, which is requires quite a lot of patience? But then maybe the demand that you know once you get successful, maybe people want from you more things and uh, or this this kind of schizophrenic qualities of artistic production or, or being an artist, which is sometimes you feel like shit and you need some kind of validation. Sometimes you get the validation and you feel like God, you know, and that is very schizophrenic type of. Uh, experience and I wonder how you deal with this or how do you yeah. manage I mean it is definitely as what you said very schizophrenic like the whole experience there's ups and downs it's definitely not nice and and I felt there was times I was definitely very devastated that I had to deal with everything by myself um, that there wasn't a person I could even talk to to give me any sort of advice or you know which comes down to what you were talking about i i think i have maybe because of that i have a very com complex view about i don't even sometimes you i don't i don't really see where i am i'm just doing i'm so in inside of my work i don't come out to see oh like in the among this crowd or 200 people where i'm standing so i don't really see where my position is I'm just doing it and I'm so I feel like there is so many ideas coming in my head. So I, I think I'm too soaked in the making of the work. I which I, I start to feel like thankful for it too, you know, like I don't I don't really come out of it because then maybe that would like actually become very uh, destructive, you know, when you become much more clear of like where you're at in your position, blah blah blah. And I think that's maybe not good. So I don't really know how other people view me as an artist, but I do know how people feel about my work. And I wish for more criticism. I think people have been too nice because I think this stage, we need more 
radical voice to I'm not talking about radical voice of making the work like people who are have the guts to to confront and to even question. It doesn't have to be negative, you know, just an indication of they've been thinking. That's more interesting to me. Like it's nice when people tell you about something and it's that's complimentary. But I feel like I definitely feel I wish there is more dialogue or people would come to me, have conversations about, um, you know, what it make them think and what, you know, certain become more critical of certain things. But this criticism doesn't come from a place of like, you know, having to analyze. I think that's also a lot of the problem of when you read reviews of your work, be it music or be it exhibition or artwork, they want to sound, they know. But that's also, a, you know, it comes, doesn't from the same kind of place. And I think I wish for more genuine criticism. So I feel like because this kind of maybe, I don't feel like I accumulate enough information. I don't feel so clear about the general thing you were talking about, the idea of success, which is not really what I'm after, but I'm definitely grateful that because things are, I feel like um, the, the validation you were talking about, maybe I, I, I still, up to today, I don't think I feel validation from a community. I think the only validation I come from is public space, institutions, museums, or, you know, a concert place. They they see different aspects of my work and they feel this is something that can make an impact and they still keep offering me space and and production possibilities to make idea happen. I think that is the validation I get and that's a strong force. But I don't feel the validation of from like my daily life, maybe which is what you're talking about, this schizophrenic aspect. I feel very much alone in that sense, you know. I don't feel I don't I feel like I've never tasted how it feels to be celebrated at all, even in the minor, minor crowd, you know. Um, but I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe it's also my own problem that I'm not opening up enough. Um but I think because you get used to this and I, I start to get used to, um, I think people, you know, you feel content or not content, as we mentioned earlier, is a matter of perspective. I think very, at very early on, I decide, not decided, maybe I figure out what I value the most. What would make me content? You know, what, I think what, of course, the, the sense of success, the sense of validation for every human is positive, is encouraging, it brings a sense of joy, that's 100%. But I know that is not something that will make me feel content. And I knew what I am searching for in this, what would makes me feel, because I think you can be the, the, the worst emotional masochist, but you can't continue going on if you never feel uh, it's worth it, right? So I feel like every project I do every new work I make. And I think you were talking about this short amount of time is probably because I'm very productive. I, I work, um, I dive in really deep. So I make new work um, in the condense of time. You know, in one year, sometimes I would make two, three new com like commission exhibition and plus some album. Like I'm just, um, I have these ideas I've been thinking for a long time. I, I just want to have them in action as long as there's a chance you know so i feel like i can't wait to see how this goes on i'm too curious to not to to wait for longer or maybe because i don't 
come from a place of, you know, because I wasn't trained in anything. Maybe I have less fear of being judged. I don't know, but I just feel comfortable of what once the idea is ripe to take it into action. So maybe the 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 because I make many works in a short amount of time, so it felt like it's it's rolling quite smooth. But I think this rewarding, um, you know, like I I definitely get the reward that I I need that I value the most. This like you know what we've been talking about this exchange. I see the work. Is speaking. I see people are receiving. I see there is dialogue being generated, and I see this. You know, I could never trade every in every work. I see this moment that touches me, that gives me tears. You know, when I see people like, for example, as the last work, it was I spent a whole year. Um, you know, four months of a year I was in Hong Kong, and it was a work I was focusing on for a year, and you know, physically it was very challenging. The quarantine and shooting 45 degree. We made, you know, worth shooting the film part of it. So it was like a lot of work putting in. You, it, it, I, I can't justify it from like any other things that could look good on paper. But when I was there during the three weeks of the exhibition time, when the work is set up till the work is over, it was like three weeks time. I was going in every day, and I see people coming in, sit through the six hours. Like they keep coming back, and there is people sitting there,、um, even when the performance wasn't on. You know, because it's eight hours opening for you know you can see the exhibition, and the, only the performance is durational for six hours, so they can still come to see the film, the installation, to hear the sound installation. So I really see the people revisiting and how they have evolved. Even it's it's not everyone, of course,、um, but this kind of things that I observe from people. Is what for me makes me feel really content. You you really feel like, well, it's good to make art. It's important to make art, and you really you remind me of why I am an artist. You know, so like I think that for me is very important, and this I figure out very early on. So I feel like I'm not. I, that's why maybe I think also like I I think it's also like sometimes fun and. Okay, to go a bit crazy, but that, you know that's why I'm like still in the maintain my sanity, <laughs> even though these ups and downs can be very destructive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they the audience they want to be back or they want to stay there because、mm-hmm. there is this amazing thing that art can produce, which is.、Uh, a space or or yeah the world making attitude of art and when you are finished when you are finished with a book or something like that you feel that oh shit I want to be back in that、mm-hmm. particular atmosphere in that particular world、mm-hmm. yeah yeah and in particular with music and I don't know cinema but these art forms that contain time and durational.、Uh, Like different timelines, okay.、Mm-hmm. This feels pretty much like okay.、Uh, here in this world, there are ways in which、uh, things can be constructed. Th- there are aspects、uh, that I think are interesting for you, and I don't know if you want to talk about this,、mm-hmm. but yeah, this、uh, linearity. That it's imposed when you are producing 
music or when you are producing mm -hmm. yeah like i mean so. it is it is a relationship with the people who were able mm -hmm. to experience it live you know and um um because i was you know mo out of my work i could say are are going after this idea of intimacy fear pain you know this word i mean i hate the use of this words has how it's been used so much but it is you know a, a feeling that it's out of the daily life's comfort zone let's say and you require because it's so um sensitive it's so discreet and it's so uncanny that you need to feel alone in the public space and i think this is what the work is generating and why people are able to keep coming back because they could they feel protected and safe to maybe to go through this kind of emotions and i think that is something i appreciate so much because um you know you are feeling vulnerable um at the same time and that is a very i think a brave thing to do and i think once you cross certain limits and things becomes more interesting certain information surfaces and this is what you know i think what making art can potentially move you can really question together and that's very very important and which also like martin earlier mentioned how it's how i dealt with you know the after like the work is over especially i'm 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 my work is um you know, focused on the momentum. And I, I don't think any documentation, especially, I mean, you guys know so well about, you know, especially when you work with the idea of improvisation and uh, certain things that you need to experience um, there, be it visually, sonically, it, something on camera, something I record, on record. I personally, my approach to it as a possibility to document through a lens, through recording yeah. is, not simply representing the work a moment that has happened again or um, documentation of a moment. It's more of through the creator of that moment, uh, which in, the, in this case is the artist, that how you can use your artistic filter to filter out what you think, what the inf important information and speech and message through that moment and make it into a new life that is the expansion of that life. So then in this case, the work doesn't die after that this thing is over, you know, you extend its lifespan, it continues and it can exist in many forms. Doesn't necessarily have, been, have to be accessed to public immediately, which I think sometimes is quite problematic when you see how, you know, especially performance-based art nowadays is working with social media. Like there always has to be some sort of video, some sort of photos and immediately expose, oh, that has happened. It doesn't have to be necessarily resurfaced immediately after. It can be, you know, the, also, also like, I think this kind of creative, how creative mind work is not like you make decisions, every details before the work is done. When we're talking about, you know, like, especially in our performance and sounds, many things you start to new information, new idea, or let's say a more in-depth conversation is happening while the work is happening itself. So you're constantly making it. For me, at least, it's like, I feel I'm, it's the work is not done when the exhibition opens. It still continues. My research continues, my observation continues, and many, many things, it's 
not just end at the beginning. It might not even end when the exhibition is over. So then I think these are important that it's being fine-tuned constantly. And then, you know, so I felt it's important that um, I think what sometimes maybe is difficult to experience for an artist is this sense of the end. It's like you give birth to a, you know, where Martin was referring to this, like giving birth. I've never given birth, but, you know, I, like when you give birth to a child, the joy continues because the child grows. But I felt like my view of my work has definitely shifted at the beginning. I definitely feel, oh, well, this is over. But it's actually not over because the, the, this child is growing. Your responsibility continues. And I think it's important for every artist to have a consistency in his or her practice. It's not like, oh, today I'm interested in that, tomorrow it's all consistent. Maybe it's in different form. And it's, I don't know, I've only been doing this for six, seven years, or I don't know, maybe less. But I felt like, you know, I'm at the beginning. This is how I felt. There is so much more to come. I'm not in a hurry. I'm to, you know, things will, will come together at the right time. Which is so funny because I remember, like, I was talking about um, this idea of opera, like, a year before the opera was happening, like a year and a half before I was still, you know, we, we didn't like com confirm the confirmation, uh, the commission and the museum yet, blah, blah, blah. So it, at that time when I was talking about it, it felt certain things will happen in a long time. So I feel like maybe what I'm talking about now will happen very soon. Um, I don't know, but that's the beauty of it. You know, you, it's the uncertainty and the unpredictable uh, aspect of this making, but it doesn't matter if it's, happening or not it's not about i think the the maybe the art world now is so much dominated by the economy the production aspect of it you know you have to fabricate a piece and you have to um put something into i don't know a public you have to be received and have feedback and there's a market and there's all of these things it becomes kind of a formula and I think it's important to develop a method of, of making work, but this to follow a formula that you already see the problem, that's problematic. I think it's 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 important to to understand um, how things are working because all of my work are requires a, definitely a big supporting production because you need space, you're moving performers, you need audience and you know, all of these things comes together. Um, it is a production-based work, but I don't think it's be, that should be the priority of how the things should be formed. I, I do see many, many issues within the, the current uh, economy around arts. I think it's it's um, definitely needs to be challenged or at least I could experiment with certain ideas that can make work without following a formula that is already problematic, you know? Um, so I think all of these things that makes me feel um, this schizophrenia of being an artist is um, it's just a phase, you know. We always I always feel like sometimes people are fearing of like you're fearing of a breakdown, right? That's why people are like having this fear of going crazy. But sometimes I feel like maybe the worst is already in the past. This is just something that I'm going through that's reminding me of something bad that has happened, but it's not so bad that I can't come up again. And ups and downs is okay, you know. So it's a it's a more all a matter of, of perspective. I feel, and I think um, when you have this um, 
calm or peace in your work, maybe that also transmit when people are, are, you know, when they're developing a relationship with your work, this kind of sense of peace maybe can be felt. And that is also calming. And maybe they will also decide to give it a bit more time to experience what you do and to follow your work for a longer period of time. And then you can actually say something in a more complex way, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there is this lack of uh, sovereignty in, in, in many artists precisely because of the traps that you were mentioning in the art world. And, and there is, yeah, you feel dispossessed because you cannot transmit this sort of, yeah, you mentioned peace, but it's, yeah, I don't know. Machin, do you need to go? Uh, we have like is, six, six yeah. minutes late. Yeah. Uh, no, six minutes left. Yeah. Do you want to talk us about what are you doing or something that excites you that needs, uh, that could be explained or could be okay. expressed? Um, I think what is the most exciting for me now is like, I am absolutely not soaked into anything right uh -huh. now, which is, it's rare because I'm always in multiple projects at the same time, you know, like I have two exhibitions next year, um, which I, I haven't really going to like the, the, let's say the more precise stage of like finalizing certain details in concept, blah, blah, blah. I'm still in a very open structure and this is very exciting. You feel like a, 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 a newborn baby, I don't know. I, I feel like I, everything is interesting, everything's curious. Of course, like I have all this research that's has happened before but when really when something is not in structure you feel like it's like a i consider it's like a detox period you know you can you can feel um the, the let's say the 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 encountering of knowledge the encountering of inspiration and in general your your experience becomes free from anxiety and i think that's really exciting you know, and I even, even, even this, I mean, of course there is pressure because next year is actually not that far, <laughs> but um, I feel like, uh, you know, this kind of excitement is sometimes comes to when you don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, I, I, before I was often frustrated, like, oh, there is something happening, but I don't look forward to it. But now it's like, why do we have to always feel like we're looking forward to some happening? You know, I'm just curious to find out this kind of unknown, what it would reveal to me. And I think that's really exciting. And I, I really hope it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen in a way that is pleasant. But if it's unpleasant, that also can be an interesting experience, you know. So I don't know how long this phase would last. Hopefully not too long, because then you have to get working. It's like... <laughs> But you never know, you know. It's I'm I'm now a, a, in the open structure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there is something that you mentioned that I really like, and is uh, that you change your relationship to noise. But lately, you talk about the loyalty to noise. If you could talk a <laughs> bit about this. Yeah, I'm a loyal friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 this matter. I think. Um, I actually don't know how you put this in the in a word in English, but we talk about it is a sense of loyalty. I feel like my first encounter through with sound or experimental music through you know it's it's in that f field. 
And it really helped me, or I, I say it saved my life, but it helped me to go through probably the darkest time of my short-lived life so far. So I feel um, I, owe, I owe this experience a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it's like if a friend saved your life, like you will remember this person for the rest of your life. So that's the kind of loyalty I talk about. And I also this kind of, also I think because I was in such a low time of my life, I really experienced the power of that experience with sound. And that is, you know, um, definitely unforgettable. And I want to transmit that kind of um, nature and the power of, um, you know, this kind of experience to through my work and hopefully to also encourage certain things happen, you know, so I feel like that, you know, I, I am always there, even though I don't think I'm shifting away from it. It's just like, I think in my practice, I want to challenge also, I think I even maybe talked about it in some interview before that I really, you know, I really adore music. So I think music is so much more than sound and what it can do to us is so much more than listening. So I want to challenge this idea in my work as well to expand it. So it's not like I'm shifting away from something. It's just, a, you know, a, a sentence start there and it goes on and it's still expanding. Yeah, this is how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I guess, what was it at this moment? Was it a specific record or a concert that really touched you deeply? It's a, it's a period. I think I was oh, just it's like... It's a whole period, yeah. It's a whole period. It's a whole period. And it, it, I, there was concert, there was, uh, you know, uh, a lot of live experience of like watching and also listening experience. And But I also think, I also, as I said, like it's a combination of myself, the time and what I was experiencing, you know. So it was a good timing. It's meant to be, <laughs> I oh, feel. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. 